Podcast. I'm your host, Amy Quinley, and today we are here to recap the Jeff Lewis Live after show. Well, the Jeff Lewis Live show. Well, this is the after show. Whatever. Who cares? There's 20 million after shows at this point. Um, okay, so before I dive into all of that, I just need to let you know that 2024 <laughs> has started with war. It started with war. And I'm not talking the card game, okay? I wish I fucking was. I wish I was. Instead, I have entered a war. You can't script this shit, right? Like, that's what I love about life. No matter, there's so many, like, shitty moments, sure. And I just heard Friday's episode, um, somebody, what was it? A guy wanted, a guy that Jeff knows, somebody wanted to eat his apple fritter out of his shitter or something. So, I don't know, me just saying shit right there, I just, like, instantly was thrown into, like, an apple fritter made of shit. It reminded me of um The Pie on the Help, that movie where uh, they feed somebody a shit pie. Yeah, shit fritter, shitter fritter. All right, so back to my war. Um, Life. If you told me that this is how 2024 would have started and who I was in a war with... I would have never, ever believed you, okay? If you told me that it would be with Shane Douglas's cousins, I probably would have believed you, okay? Because they were a little twatty at the end of 2023. But we've forgiven thee. We've forgiven thee, okay? Who I started... <laughs> this is so awful. It's not even funny. It's awful. Um, I'm in a war with my elementary school. My childhood elementary school. <laughs> They're evil. They're evil. It's run by wenches. Um, sorry if I ever end up getting to visit there because I, so I wrote my children's book, right? And all I've wanted to do is be able to share it and like go back to my childhood elementary school. I fucking love school growing up. I wanted to just go back to the kids, inspire them that somebody from their hometown got to be an author or whatever. Maybe they can too. They totally can too. Of course they can. And so what they can't do, though, is return back to their elementary school and try to do a good deed and read for the kids and inspire others because I was told no. Guess why? Guess why? I'll just tell you. It's because my book was self-published. They were like, sorry, we don't promote self-published books. I was like, what? What? Wait. I'm like, what the fuck? What the fuck? What the fuck did you just say to me? You don't promote self-published books as a school. Okay, so if you're saying that I need to get it published by a corporation who's going to take even more of my profits and do this and that and twist it however they want and get to market it their way and all of that, I have to give up all the control of my own story, my own characters, all of that. That is what would make me valid enough to be able to read the story to the kids, even if it's the exact same story that I just published myself because I took the entrepreneurial route and took my own destiny into my own hands. I'm now being punished by that and I can't do what I actually want to do, which is genuinely just inspire others. Like it, 
annoys the shit out of there. No, no, this is the things that get me riled up. All right. And here's the thing, right? Like if they're saying that they, it needs to be behind a publishing house because they want to like vet it and make sure that it's vetted and all of that, then I would be so happy to stop by and drop a copy off. I'll do a private reading in the principal's office for them. Like whatever, they can listen to the story first and then decide if I can. And I said, I'll read it to one classroom, everybody. I don't care. I even have bookmarks, custom bookmarks I designed that I was going to bring as well. But no, heaven forbid an entrepreneur tries to inspire youth from her own hometown. My goodness. So yeah, I, I, so they, I wrote a very nice email asking to do it. They wrote a email saying no. <laughs> and I wrote a nice email back being like, I appreciate your kind words and all of that. But I also do think it's very unfortunate that just because I took the entrepreneurial route, I am not able to read my book that has a great message and could, I don't know, again, heaven forbid, inspire some of the kids in the room. Oh my gosh. Yikes. Wouldn't want to do that. Would we, would we? So yeah. Happy new year's <laughs> new year. Same Jeff, as Jameson likes to say, uh, new year, same all of us. All right. We're all the fucking same. My therapist told me no one changes. Do I believe her? I don't know. I don't believe any, I don't, I don't, I don't care. I don't, I want to stop thinking. That's what I want to do. 2024. 20, don't think no more. All right. I'm done. And we haven't even gotten started yet with Jeff Lewis, so let's dive into the recap of January 2nd to January 5th. Starting with a Tuesday episode, we had Carrie Lewis in the building. What up, fool? Um, and Shane Douglas, the gargoyle. The gargoyle in the back. Uh, gay goyle. Gay goyle. Gargoyle. I think I just love the word gargoyle. It's just such a funny word. Goyle. It's really the Goyle. Like, why can't we? I want to bring that. 2024, say Gargoyle more. Like, why? Let's bring Gargoyles back. Goyle, Goyle, Goyle. Try it. It's fun. Okay, so Jeff spent New Year's Eve role playing with his daughter, of course. Um, kidnapping scenarios. What else would we be talking about? Um, so, if somebody says that they're friends with her dad, Jeff, she should know that they're lying. Because Jeff obviously has no friends, all right? He has paid employees. Um, no, I'm kidding. I'm just kidding. I what again? I've said this, Jeff. It's such a privilege. It's a privilege to be able to hire your friends, okay? Or hire people that you want to be friends, and then you can later, I don't know, find reasons to go scorched earth on them and destroy their reputations and forever burn that bridge. Um, but yeah, back to kidnapping. So Carrie Lewis, she was like, Oh, our family has a secret word. Like you gotta, you gotta have a family secret word. Yeah, you do. Mine. Ours was zippity doo dah. <laughs> I think it's safe to give away our safe word. Cause I mean, at 32, I don't think my mom's gonna <laughs> save me. I think if anything, her like knee would break as she hobbled over. I'm just kidding. Love you, mom. You're doing great. Your knee's amazing because it's fake. It was, it was a surgery. Okay. So, um, then on JLL, Jameson, you guys, this is crazy. We got to pay attention to this. Okay. Jameson basically asked permission to tell his travel story of the new year. He was like, permission to come on board the studio, sir, and join this episode. And Jeff was like, um, no, not really. Like we're kind of busy talking over here. And, but he, 
Jeff must have non-verbally agreed because Jameson then told us something. I don't know. But the point is, is that Jeff specifically asked Oscar, like, first thing, first things first on Tuesday, Oscar, how was your holidays? How was this? Whatever. Jameson, cricket, crickets. Jeff did not ask Jameson shit. He didn't ask him shit about his frit. Shitter about the fritter. And so... Ew, now I just picture like a little critter, a little critter eating a fritter up in the shitter. I don't, I like, why is there a squirrel in your ass right now eating apple pie? I, <laughs> why oh why? Um, okay, so it was just really, you could just, I could smell the tension, okay? I can smell the tension in the air and it is very clear that something's going on between Jeff and Jameson. Now we know that Jameson and Frank, like Jeff's been having this whole thing about Jameson, you don't, Frank and you are awful. And Jameson's like, no, we're the best couple ever. We're gonna be on our rocking chairs on the porch when we're 178 one day. And so like there, there was stuff going on there and just for them to have, fi- then they went on vacations. They all had holiday break, whatever for them to now come back. They should be refreshed and excited to talk to each other. And again, Jeff is just, I can like feel the daggers coming out of his eyes every time Jameson speaks. And if I can feel that through the airwaves, then, you know, shit's really going down behind the scenes. All right. So I want to know more about that. But in the meantime, we find out more about Todd's Christmas. (laughs) Jeff's brother, Todd Lewis, a.k.a. Carrie's husband, hubby of the year, more like dad of the year. So Carrie took uh, the girls, Quinn and Pepper, to get Todd presents. Like, oh, pick out a present for your dad. And by the way, can we just mention Carrie and Todd, they win forever in the name department. Like, Quinn and Pepper? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding? I mean, Monroe's adorable as well. Don't get me wrong. But like Pepper is just, it's so fun to say. It is the most fun name in the entire history books. I love everything about Pepper. Pass the Pepper, Pepper. I I love it. Um, And then Quinn. Quinn. Okay. I Amy Quinn. I That is my name. But my mom, I, she wanted to name me Quinn. But she didn't want it to rhyme with my last name. So instead she named me Amy. Amy Quinn, but because my last name has so many syllables, it still all rhymes. It it rhymes. Don't you love when someone shoves like that weird ass logic at you? She was like, I just, I wanted to name you Quinn so bad, but your name would have rhymed. And I'm like, yeah, but you still named me Quinn as my middle name. And it still fucking rhymes. My name still rhymes. And I rhyme all the fucking time. It's just like written in the sky and the stars up above. Everybody give some love. I trust me. I hate my own brain sometimes. Um, but anyways, so just great job, Carrie, with picking out Pepper and Quinn. Ew, I'm like picking them out from that Petri dish. No, I don't know how they were conceived. I'm not here to judge Judy, okay? So... Um, but Quinn ended up getting, oh, and by the way, the reason I don't go by Amy Quinn is because there's a porn star named Amy Quinn. (laughs) There's a actress named Amy Quinn. There's a chiropractor down the street named Amy Quinn. There's a doctor at Mass General Hospital. Like there's so many fucking Amy Quinns. I see that name everywhere. I love writing phonetically. That's where we get the A-Y-M-E-E. I like to make things, why is my name three letters? I want it more complicated than that. All right. It's too fucking easy. Moving on. Um, so Quinn, Carrie's Quinn, she bought Todd a heated camp, well, had Carrie buy Todd, a heated camp chair so that he could watch her play soccer, which is the sweetest thing ever. So basically, 
Carrie says that Todd gets really cold in those beautiful Southern California January nights where it reaches a very brisk 65 degrees, dips down way too low. And so Todd just sits in the minivan, full heat blasting. I can just picture him with like a beanie pulled down over the ears, Howard Stern blasting. And Quinn is on the field like, dad, dad, did you see my goal? And he's like, oh, Howard jerking off. Uh, ah, porn. Amy Quinn, the porn star, is being interviewed on the Howard Stern. Uh, jerk off. Uh. And so poor Quinn is just... <laughs> oh, I love her, Quinn. Um, I Now I'm just picturing what if my life was Quinn this whole time. Of course, you just got to turn everything back to yourself. That's the story of life. I hate when people are like, they always turn it on them. Yeah, bitch, that's what you're supposed to do. Does your brain go, oh, I wonder how that makes Queen Elizabeth feel? No, no, it only gives a shit about me. My brain gives a shit about me, just as yours shit about yours. And besides that, Queen Elizabeth's dead, so... It would take Teresa Caputo to know what she's thinking at this point. My whole thing is that for Todd Lewis to live in Southern California and sit in his fucking car when his daughter's on the field dying for her dad to just come and see her practice. And I grew up in New England and I watched all of these miserable, miserable people suffer in zero degree weather, biting winds, icy fingertips, hypothermia for all, okay? And to all a good night. And we stuck it out and we were there. We, my parents sat in the cold. They, they didn't have heated seats, all of this. So like, it just breaks my heart for poor Quinn that she, all she wants is her dad. And he's like, babe, we're in Southern California. It's fucking freezing. I'm going back in the minivan and we know what he's doing. All right. So it, uh, it's just like, dude, aren't you embarrassed? Aren't you embarrassed that that's the gift that your daughter picked out for you? Like that she's saying, get your fucking ass out of the car, you lazy fuck. Go put on another fucking sweatshirt. Don't you run Uncle Jeff's merch shop? Can you make a jacket, a fucking wool jacket? I don't know. Do fucking something. Come watch me play. Don't just fucking sit in the car. So lazy. So yeah, I love you, Quinn. Keep it up. Good work, kid. All right. So uh, speaking of great gifts, Frank, Frank got Jameson a cuckoo clock. And now to really make this podcast come full circle and back to me, um, an improv group. An improv group. I wanted to be an actress when I was little. My parents stuck me in an improv class in fourth grade, and I had to be a fucking... <laughs> Guess. Yeah, you can guess this one. Yes, I had to be a fucking cuckoo clock, okay? And that is what changed my path forever because that improv class broke me. That cuckoo clock broke me. I was so embarrassed. I was like, what are you uh, talking about? Aren't you embarrassed? Yeah, I was embarrassed. I had to literally be like, cuckoo, cuckoo, as I like bent my arms and I was like, this feels so wrong. I hate everything about this. My sister made fun of me. They, my parents, they just laughed at me for years to come. So um, that killed all of my acting ambitions and now 20 years later I'm sitting in my basement recording a podcast trying to once again dip my toe back into the industry <laughs> but you know I could have reached success at a much earlier age if it wasn't for fucking improv and it wasn't for cuckoo clocks okay so I'm really glad that Jameson the improv king got a cuckoo clock from his king but yeah so they played the actual cuckoo clock sound that Jameson's makes and Everybody in the studio loved it. I think that was the one time Jeff might have smiled near Jameson all week. I'm telling you, the tension was building 
all fucking week and it hasn't exploded yet. So we're, we're in for a treat next, next week. Um, but I just want to predict the design trend right now for 2024. We are going to see in every fucking room on Hollywood house of season three, a cuckoo clock in the corner. Okay. Minus the clock, minus the clock, <laughs> just a bunch of fucking cuckoos. All right. Cuckoo, kachoo. So then we find out that Jameson lives in one room and one room only, a.k.a. a studio apartment. And Jeff was today years old when he found out what that means, which what is that? What does that mean? What do you mean, Jeff? What do you mean? You don't know what a studio apartment is like you are you don't you work in real estate. You are a designer. What even if you've never been in one, never had one, never what you just should at least know the term. That's like saying I don't know what a bidet is because I have a dirty asshole because I have fritters stuck in my shitter. Okay, <laughs> we're not gonna get over that one for a while. Um, but this actually kind of carries into some Hollywood house lift talk. Cause we talked about that a lot this week on JLL and the editing and producing and all of that. And, um, yeah, I, it makes sense that Jeff wouldn't know what a studio apartment is because on Hollywood house lift season two, you guys, they're literally upgrading the most new completely newly renovated projects I've ever seen. Like they're going to brand new houses and then they're like, oh, it needs a cuckoo clock in the corner. Like it's so weird. It's not like crazy before and afters. Like we need dramatic something. And uh, you don't want me to get started on my Hollywood house lift notes, really. Um, I know other people are raving about it, but uh, whatever it's my podcast I can give my opinion yeah so it's actually one of it's turned into one of those shows where um I call it a work show where I just instantly start working on my own stuff the second I put it on because I just it doesn't like capture my interest it doesn't captivate me to the screen but I watch it because obviously I like the characters involved we go way back and I mean, I get that it's not flipping out, right? Like, it's a completely different format, completely. But if I never watched Flipping Out and I only knew Jeff Lewis from Hollywood Houselift, I'm just saying I pro I wouldn't watch Hollywood Houselift. I'd be like, I don't get this. Like, I don't... There's no... It's... With Flipping Out, there were so many compelling factors that was the serendipity recipe that made it such a success. Like, again, I get that Jeff has his own vendetta against Jenny Poulos, but we love her and we appreciate her for what she fucking did for that show. And when I think of Flipping Out, obviously I think of Jeff, like, having his spat—oh, you can't say that word anymore—his um, crazy moments, but— I mainly think of like him and Jenny having fun, laughing together, going to lunches with the clients, all of that. But even more than that, I think of just specifically Jenny and her always marching around the job sites in her little skirts and her high heels. And they would try to break into places like if they had to get into Chaz Dean's place, but he wasn't there, whatever. She would like climb over a fence in her heels. And it was just like that stuff. It was funny. It was entertaining. All of that. I'm not saying that Shane and Jeff don't have great rapport. Um, but what's being translated on the screen isn't 
great. You know, it's just like, it just, it feels like you're just in a car with like your dad and you know, it's just like, no, like they must be funnier than that. You know, it must, there must be better conversations than that. Like that can't be it. That can't be the highlight reel. And even like the laugh, like sometimes they say jokes and when they're all together, whatever. And the laughter behind the way they edit it, they make it sound like somebody just told a five minute standup set. And the joke that they made was so like cheesy. Like it's not, it didn't require that much laughter. It would have never naturally brought out that laughter. So you're either cutting what actually brought out that laughter, which is what we truly want to see. Or you guys are actually like, it's just out of nerves that they're laughing so hard over nothing I don't know but nothing it doesn't make sense and then the celebrities it's not like a huge draw for that you know so it's just missing a lot like if you're gonna do celebrities and do it like Hollywood house lift goes to Miami goes to do like a more Jeff goes to the Berkshires for a weekend and does one of Dorinda's rooms you know like bring more of that into it but if you're just gonna stick in Hollywood I would drop the whole celebrity thing like that adds nothing to the show if anything it was far Far more interesting and flipping out to watch quote unquote regular people. Um, well, no, they're regular rich ass people and non pole, non pole people. That was way more fascinating and just so many things. Yeah. All right. We don't need to get into all my notes, but I will say that. Like, it's just so weird. This season of Hollywood House Lift, I it can't get behind it. And Jeff talks about this later, like his frustrations with the editing when Megan um, was on JLL on Thursday and how they're like leaving tidbits of info out. And I'm like, not even just info, but also the joke. Where, where, why, why are you guys laughing that hard over somebody being like the cheese smells and everyone's like, ah, like, no, what was actually funny no, I don't like it. So, um, but then Jeff was saying, for example, like Cynthia Bailey's house, it was being rented to own. So they couldn't do much to it because they didn't actually own it. Even though on the show, they presented it as it being Noelle's first house that she bought herself. I don't like that shit. If it isn't Noelle's house and it isn't, she doesn't actually own it, then say this is Cynthia's rent to own. We also want to get airtime for her daughter who's trying to get into the industry. So we want her to be featured as well. Like, I don't like the lies. That's I don't. The lies. The lies. Um, yeah. And so, again, with Cynthia's house or Noelle's house, whoever the fuck, but neither of their houses, whoever actually owns that house, it was already perfectly done, completely newly renovated. So, like, what the fuck are you doing to it? There's no remodel to be had. And then, when we do have real remodels to do, like Josh Dumel. Oh my God, you guys, then that's even more embarrassing. It's even more awful to find out that a high paid celebrity like Josh Dumel lives there in that, like that's his bathroom. That's his bathroom at this age, at this point in his career, that's his bathroom. Look, I mean, what do you want me to say? Don't judge? All right, well, I know people who have a $100,000 house and their bathroom's nicer than Josh Dumel's. Like, what the fuck was that? Also in Hollywood House Lift, I don't like how all these renderings for all this stuff, it has the most beautiful, like say it's windows and the bathroom, they're redoing the windows and whatever behind a bathtub. In the picture with the windows, 
where like you'll actually see Josh Duhamel's view. It shows like a view of beautiful mountains and stuff, but those mountains aren't Josh Duhamel's view. So it makes it look so much nicer. And then they actually redo it. And it's like a swing set in the backyard that you're staring at. And I'm like, then just put the fucking swing set. Just show us what we're working with. We don't need fake renderings of a beautiful Montana background when you're sitting in the center of Beverly Hills. Like I just, I can't. Uh, yeah. So, and then also <laughs> it never ends. No, but really. So then Jeff was saying how like he hired Megan, Andrew and Tyler to be the main design associates, whatever. Okay, great. Um, did they edit Tyler's personality out? Did they edit his personality out? I'm sorry. Did they also edit Jeff's personality out too? Because I'm telling you, like, it's, uh, the things are missing. Some, a lot's missing from it. So maybe you should have gone off on Jen Green, all right? I don't know. I'm having my own problems with business partners at the moment. So I understand the frustration of working your arse off and feeling like other people aren't caring and contributing like they should. So I get the frustration. And now as I watch Hollywood House Lift, I'm like, oh my God, I could literally write an entire thesis on how I would have done this differently. But yeah, uh, starting with maybe get some new design associates. Maybe, uh, look, I'm not saying that they're not lovely people. Andrew, he's on the show sometimes. Great. L great guy, seems like. Tyler seems like a very nice gent. Neither of them need to be on, okay? I'm just saying. And Megan can't be the only girl. We need more female energy. We need uh, Things need to be changed, all right? But again, what, what do we know? What do we know over here in our basement? All right, so moving on. Also, can I just say with Jeff not knowing about Jameson's studio apartment that Jameson's lived in for over a year, how about you stop by and say hi every now and then, okay? How about you say fucking hi to your producer? I bet he's been to your house. You've never been to his it's only fairsies. If you show me mine, I'll show you yours. Wasn't that like a Spice Girl song? Okay, so then Jeff learns about the movie series Taken. Oh my God. I was shocked left and right throughout this week. Um, Yeah, what do you mean? What do you mean you don't know that Taken is a giant movie series that has captivated the world for decades now? It's literally been playing on TBS Every second of the day since I was in high school, since I was in high school, easily. But Carrie and her family, they watched it. And Carrie was like, Jeff, you have to watch it so you can get freaked out even more about any time Monroe leaves your house. Um, Yeah, just actually, Jeff, you shouldn't watch it. That's what I would say. You shouldn't because it will freak you out. My dad, he watched it and it freaked him out about me. It was right before I was going abroad to study in Scotland Glasgow, the land of the Shrek. Have a great evening. I was like, you too, you little fucking green ogre. And <laughs> I didn't. Much love to the Scottish peeps. I love you guys. <laughs> okay, um, but my dad was like, Amy, you have to watch Taken because you're gonna get taken. And I was like, Dad, I'm not. I'm so much smarter than that. I'm not gonna get taken. I'm scared of everything. I'll be fine. I'll be fine. I'm not watching it. I hate scary movies. Cut to two months later. Like, again, you can't script this shit. My life is hilarious in its own little way. Cut to two months later. I am chasing after two guys that robbed me and my friends in broad daylight on the streets of Barcelona as we all run into the cops. Like, 
that was the story for a different time. But I'm just saying, like, I love moments like that. When you think back on like, no, no, you don't have to worry about anything. And then it's like cut to two months later. I guess I think of things in my own memories as like a reality show. You know, when it's like they do 48 hours prior and then you reel it back. That kind of thing. I'm going to turn the TV off. I need uh, to go read a book. So, moving on to Wednesday's episode, we had Liz Rome and Doug Butin. Bitch! So, Liz has a new production company. She wants Jeff to pony up the cash so they can start making this chump horror film where he's going to be a cult leader. But I was like, why would Jeff pony up his own cash to play a cult leader when they're going to do a documentary on him anyways, and that's the role he'll be playing theirs? Love you, Jeffrey. So then Liz talks about another, like this whole movie plot, right? Where this person's running a scam and the FBI knew, but then sat on the info and plotted against this person just to smack her with enough evidence to take her down for life. And again, I was like, damn, is this just more of Jeff's documentary where they talk about his relationship with Jen Green? But, and I'm not saying it's not justified. I don't know. I don't know anything. I don't know what the fuck happened there. But all I know is Hollywood House Lift ain't what it could be. So I don't blame you, Jeff. <laughs> but um, yeah, as Liz kept on talking, she just kept on going on. And I was like, wait, is this a movie plot? Is she telling a real life story? Who is she even talking about? What am I eating for dinner? All these questions going through my head. So then Doug was saying how he met up with Sutton Strack in New York and Jeff was like what the fuck you didn't tell me you were gonna meet up with my friend Sutton and I was like what do you mean your friend you mean his boss doesn't Doug work at Sutton's store okay not everybody needs to run their schedule by you Jeff that's just the employees that you pay your friends that you pay love ya um yeah it was just giving major Heather McDonald vibes to be like what you went to lunch with my friend so we can all be friends why can't we be friends So as Doug's droning on about his own Sutton's whatever, Liz, she was like, oh my God, wait, is this how people felt five minutes ago when I was just telling my story about Norma Miller getting the FBI to plot against her life? Like, or Molly Pitcher? I don't know who she was talking about. And I, it was one of those moments where I wanted to tell Liz, like, yes, yes, this is exactly how we felt when you bored us to death to tears with your own story or before Doug just did the same with his. Like, I love you both, but yes, Liz, that is how we felt when you were just droning on and on. We felt the same way you feel how Doug does. Yes, yes, yes. To answer your question, yes. So then they talk about Kings of the East versus the Kings of California. I don't know. Um, Beds, obviously. Beds. King Beds. And Jameson, he threw out the exact measurements because they were like, I think a king is a little bigger on the East Coast, whatever. And Jameson's like, it is 46 inches wide. and And Jeff was like, wow. Thanks. We really fucking needed that info. All right. So anyways, moving on to Liz. Liz. And I was like, you guys, the tension, the tension is building even more. It's like if we're at a tra- tension barometer, the tension meter, it was, it was getting into the red zone. All right. And I'm not talking about Jameson's hair. Okay. But I'm bum. Um, it really just makes me wonder, is Jameson the snake? Is Jameson the snake that pole saw slithering up in Jeff's coffee cup reading? And I also love how all of Jeff's readings come true. But then my coffee cup reading with them did not come true. 
same people, same cups, two girls, one cup, and two girls, one fortune came true. So then Jeff lets us know that Liz Rome's been hiding one very important fact from us. She died 30 years ago and has been living as a ghost this whole time. No, uh, she's actually distantly related to Hulk Hogan, I guess. Now, this is so important. This is so important as a lesson of the universe and how magical it can be. I needed to bring up Hulk Hogan to you guys, specifically Brooke Hogan. And I noticed it last week and I was like, all right, next week, remember to share this about Brooke Hogan. And I was like, how is that going to naturally come up in conversation? So the fact that this week of all of the, every single week of this entire, whatever, the one week that I needed to bring up Brooke Hogan out of nowhere, Jeff and Liz start talking about Brooke Hogan. No, no, that's, that's what we call the fucking universe. All right. So... What I needed to say about it is, and I think Brooke Hogan, I saw her image so much because it was recently revealed that she's been married for like a year and a half. I don't know. So I just saw her picture in the news a lot and I cannot get over how much Brooke Hogan looks just like Megan Weaver. Megan fucking Weaver, you guys, it's crazy. Google it right now. I'm telling you, Brooke Hogan is Megan Weaver's little sister, okay? And I'm so here for it. It's the cutest family. I want to go to their reunion, all right? Except not if there's going to be no alcohol because Megan has been sober for 40 days and 40 nights now, it seems. Actually, it's even longer than that. It's 75 days, 80 days and 80 nights. Um, but Jeff was like, oh, my God, wow, you must feel so good. I have so much energy. And Megan was like, yeah, I do. I was like, Mm-mm, no, wrongo. I've done that. I've done the whole sober train. No, this is what they're not telling you. And I don't know if Megan just forgot because she's just thinking all the time about how to fix her sweet tooth. Because again, life is like whack-a-mole. And sure, you can deal with not drinking so much and you whacked that mole. But now a new mole pops up in the form of chocolate cake, okay? Some tiramisu. Tiramisu for Megan to shove down her throat. Because now that she's not drinking, she just wants to eat more. It's a forever whack-a-mole but I just want to say from someone who's lived sober life non-sober life now loves loves you I love li I do love living somewhere in the middle I just want to say let's be honest okay being sober it's exhausting. It's exhausting. That's the thing nobody tells you. Like, I have never been more tired than when I was sober. I was tired of everyone's bullshit. I was just tired in general. I, sure, I was getting great sleep, but somehow throughout the day, I was even more tired. And I realized it was because when you have something to look forward to, like, oh, I'm going to smoke a bowl when I get home. I'm going to smoke a joint. I'm going to have a glass of wine. I'm going to do this. You get like a sense of energy. You get like excited about it. And it gives you a little perk, a little pep in your step, if you will. A little Peppa Pig, a little Pepper Pig. And so it's just when you're sober, there's nothing. Yeah, sure. Chocolate cake. But then you feel sick after and you're like, eat too much and tummy ache, all of that. Like one glass of wine doesn't do that, but it does perk you up and it does get you excited. So I think everything in small doses. I think whiskey is could be medicinal for if you every now and then when you have a cold, you do one little shot of whiskey. Sure, it probably does help the system. If you're doing that every night, every time you are like, I think I have the sniffles, make me a hot toddy, toddy. And that's what Carrie says. Make me a hot toddy, you little hot toddy. <laughs> 
He's so hot because he's just sitting in his heated camper chair that his daughter got him. So he actually watches her fucking practice. Like, oh my God, all the other parents are. So um, my point is proven, literally proven by Megan herself, the sober goddess herself, because... You guys, she's been sober for 75 days. So in that amount of time, you can do so many other things. You have so much time for thinking and doing and blah, 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 blah. Guess what she hasn't done in 75 days? She still has not sold that motherfucking minivan that she's been talking about selling for six months, okay? So if you've just spent 75 days being sober and you still can't get your shit together enough to sell one fucking car that's just wasting away, an asset that's just depreciating because you can't appreciate to put it up for sale, like, that proves to me even further that being sober is exhausting. And I bet, I bet if you gave Megan two martinis and it was like, get this minivan sold tonight, she would get somebody in that fucking bar to buy it. Hands down. Sure. She might have to give a little tit show or I don't know, put a fritter up in somebody's shitter, but it's worth it and she'll get it done. But 75 days of being sober and there's still no caravan sold. Yeah. Yeah. That proves. Yeah. Don't be sober. It's just exactly. You're, she has no time to do anything now being sober because she's so fucking tired. All right. That's what she's not telling us. I, in my opinion, All right, so at this point in the week, more of my opinions, I am now fully convinced, fully convinced that there is a huge rift with Jameson and Jeff. Jeff just, anything Jameson says, Jeff has zero interest in engaging. And it's so obvious, like, he'll be nice and, like, laugh along to a couple things. But, like, we know, we know, we are, we listen to the show. We're fucking listeners. They always have a rapport going back and forth. Not this week. Again, Jeff was just, "Mm, no, cut, mm, ah, ah, ah. Shut the fuck up when I'm walking on in, bitch. Okay, so Jeff has a new guy who's working in the office for him who is very corporate, very buttoned up corporate. And Jeff, he was saying he absolutely hates it when people talk in corporate lingo. Oh my God, same, bro. Fucking same. Um, I know that I do this, but when people say right, Like, I know somebody who does it almost every other word. They're trying to explain something to you right. And they do it like this where they go, like, I'm doing this right. And so you put the cup here, right? And you do that like that, right? And they do that right. And it's like a manipulation. It's like a mental psychological trick so that the person that you're talking to thinks that you're confident in what you're saying and that you're right about everything that you're saying. And it makes them feel like they're dumb if they don't understand what you're saying. So they're more naturally inclined to agree with you you just because they don't want to feel less than and what so I just hate all the mental tricks and manipulation of corporate lingo and that's exactly what Jeff was saying it's the exact same thing and it's just like you can smell the bullshit it's the same when you're watching Hollywood house lift it's the same when we're talking about Jameson and Jeff's relationship this week I can smell the bullshit people and it smells fucking nasty all right so Make me a hot toddy, toddy, all right? Let me get some whiskey in these nostrils instead of all the fucking bull up there. Ew, all the bullshitter in my bull fritter. Um, so Jeff's examples of the corporate lingo, though, it was like, I don't have the bandwidth to complete this task. I don't have the bandwidth. And Megan was like, oh, I use that one all the time. I love that. And I was like, Megan Wood, Megan Wood. I love Megan. I get it. She's a great worker, all of that. But I do know everyone has different work styles, right? And it's not that anyone's better or worse. (laughs) Uh, Well, some of us are. No, all right, all right, sure. Um, We're just different. And so 
I relate more to Jeff's work style, but I know people who work like Megan and they're like, I don't have the bandwidth. And I'm like, then fucking find it, buy it, buy more bandwidth. I don't know what we got to get this done. Okay. So love you, Maggie. Um, but one of their examples of corporate lingo though, that this new guy in Jeff's office uses, Shane brought it up. It was boiling the ocean, boiling the ocean, which I've never heard, but Shane explained it as like, oh, it's for a task that's super difficult because it's not like you can just boil the ocean overnight. I was like, what? Isn't that exactly what we're doing here on this earth? Isn't that exactly what we've done? Look at what, look what you made me do. Yeah. We've pretty much boiled the ocean overnight. It's called global warming and we're all going to die, but aliens might save us. So whoop-de-doo, Basil. All right, moving on to Friday's episode. We have Leah Black and Jamie Kennedy, bitch. Get down on your knees, bitch. Suck it like you mean it. Everybody's penis. Um, sorry. Oh, my God. Boy, that was so... Leah Black does not like that type of verbiage, but... Whatever. What the fuck ever? They were like, oh my God, people nowadays, like we're such prudes because all the younger generation are just so out there. And again, you have to realize that it's because of older generation. Like everything is because they don't, the younger generation didn't just like rip all their clothes off one day and be like, fuck us on OnlyFans. Woo. Like it all is a culmination of generations to come. The things that they saw from their families, their parents, their grandpa, blah, 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 blah. And it all equals into one movement of how they feel about everything in the zeitgeist of their generation. And yeah, sure. They all want to have sex with each other. Great. Do it. Actually, they're not just having sex with each other. The young are willing to have sex with the old as well because we cover right away the new dating trends of 2024. Babies dating daddies. That's in. A sugar ba- a little baby dating a daddy. Um, we got some cougars dating babies. That's in. That's in. Should always be in. Look, I don't care about age at this point. For me on Hinge, it's all about location, okay? <laughs> If I'm on the fence with somebody, which I'm on the fence with most people, all I do is look up how far they are from my house. And that's the deciding factor. That literally is like what separates me from my dream person is like (laughs) five extra miles. No, I'm not at this point. I'm not driving over a half an hour. Like if you don't live within a half an hour, this is just better luck next year. Okay. Moving on. Jeff and Jamie Kennedy. Oh my gosh. Boys, boys, boys. They are absolutely on the wrong side of history, okay? Today, they tried to convince the American people that cats are awful to have sleep in the bed with you at night. What the fuck? They were like, oh, the cats, they meow, they cry, they beg for food in the wee hours of the morning. It's so fucking annoying. And I'm like, what the fuck are you guys talking about? Literally, my favorite thing at night is that my cats are the most perfect sleeping angels that I've ever... I have one cat curled up under the covers on one side of me, the other one curled up on my back on the other side, above the covers. They both sleep through the entire night, 10 hours, 12 hours. We stay in bed for 48 days and... (laughs) No, really, like... I don't get that. I feel like to me, you're, it's never the animal's fault, right? It's the owner. It's something that you're doing. You're either not giving them enough attention or this or feeding them. Like, no, my boys don't beg for food like that. They do that all during the day. But then at night they know, they just, I don't know. Maybe they're just perfect. I don't, I shouldn't, I shouldn't rage out just because 
other people have misbehaved cats, okay? But I'm just saying that, yes, mine do sleep throughout the entire night. They will not wake me. No, no, they're, well, they try a little. Oh, I love them so much. I want to finish this so I can go kiss their face. Okay, so then Jamie Kennedy, he brings up an alleged alien encounter in Miami. I don't know. Check the news. I can't cover everything. But, like, and also, like, what do you want me to say about it, right? Like, we're, ah, that's what I'm just saying right there, you guys. That was the example of somebody saying, right? Like, they, it's that salesman lingo. I need to stop. I need to check myself. But, I mean, we aren't going to be told the truth about what happened by the police involved, you know? And, like, I don't have time to dig for it. I don't have time to dig around Reddit. I'm busy fighting with my elementary school. Did we not? <laughs> Oh my God. All right. Jeff also found a check in his pocket from November. This is hilarious, right? Because when you find money, you always get so excited. Except that's cash. You, you get excited when you find cash. If you find a check in your pocket from almost two months ago, that's fucking irresponsible. Like that's nothing else but irresponsible. So Todd gave Jeff the check from sales from the merch and Jeff was so excited. Like, oh my God, I like found free money. Woo. And I was like, again, when it's cash that doesn't expire, not a check that has a ticking time clock the second John Hans cock gets on it. John hands cock. John hands the cock on it. Um, whenever you sign it, once you sign the check, put the John Hancock on it, then there's a ticking time clock. It's not cute to lose one of those. It's not cute to live a ticking time clock. Lose a ticking time clock. Does your check need a cuckoo, cuckoo from your pocket and be like, cuckoo, cuckoo, you're fucking cuckoo, cuckoo if you don't cash this shit right now, bitch. Um, yeah, so I'm just saying that if especially since it was for Jeff Lewis's merch, that's part of his business, right? So if Jeff, you're supposed to treat yourself and treat others how you treat yourself and all of that. So if this was a business check, then Jeff needs to treat himself like his own employee and think about how he would handle if an employee came over to him and handed over a forgotten check from almost two months ago. Almost, do you think Jeff would be like, yay, I got money. Thank you so much. That's so exciting. Exciting. Hell fucking no. Hell fucking no. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. I'd be like, why the fuck was this two months ago? You're the worst. You're fired. You're fired. You're fucking fired. So I'm just saying, Jeff should have a fucking flip out moment with himself in the mirror and check your motherfucking self. But like, we want to see that. We want to see that. So tell the new Hollywood house producer to start early because... There's going to be a new one, right? I, mean, I think you should honestly clean house on cast and crew. But again, what do we know? Um, so then we talk about the most Googled sex position of 2023. We do know the kinky shit everybody was up to last year. Drum roll, please. The speed bump. The speed bump. The speed bump. That was the most favorite sex position last year. Basically, it's like girls face down, ass up. That's the way we like to fuck. 
Um, okay, I'm just saying if we're naming sex positions like humans, right? We're in the authority to name this shit. I don't think anybody a letter falls down from the heavens above that's like a picture of a girl with her face down, ass up, and it says, Call this the speed bump. No, we came up with that shit. We as humans came up with that shit. And we as humans need to talk about the fact that there should never be a sex position with the word bump in it. Bump? Bump? You want to bump later? Bump, bump, bump? I get it. Like, especially with Leah from Miami, bump has a whole different meaning. But I'm just, when you're talking about sex and bumps, bumps, you really, oh, I got bumps from sex? No, no. Keep the bumps out of sex, okay? Although that position is perfect. That is the ideal position. Especially when the, yeah, you have a pillow. You can literally just, like, take a little nap with your ass up. It's great. It's great. Um, but then the weirdest thing happened, you guys. No, this was bizarre. Jeff, he goes... <laughs> I don't know if it was like brain fry, a brain Friday moment. But Jeff, he was like, yeah, the issue with that sex position, though, is it requires two people. Like, what if you're alone? What if you're just a single person? Um, Yeah, Jeff, I don't think single people are Googling sex positions to do with themselves. Like... <laughs> Usually a sex position requires two or more participants. So <laughs> I'm so happy that you're worried about everybody jerking off. But like, do you think girls, do you think it feels good if we put our face down in a pillow, ass up, and then jerk ourselves up, masturbate? Like what the f- <laughs> Can you imagine you're like doing cow, reverse cowgirl with yourself? I don't think it works like that, babe. I don't know. I know I'm a girl, but it doesn't work like that for me. I'm, again, not here to judge others. 2024, ready to learn more and not get into any more wars with any fucking person, starting with my elementary school principal. All right, I love you guys so fucking much. Have the best weekend ever. Have the best life, and we'll be back later, okay? I love you. Bye. Splash, 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 you say.